Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the blatant pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. In 1983... The movie War Games came out uh, telling the story of a kid who hacked into government computers and introducing the concept of illicit computer hacking to the public, and that public included politicians. Out of that came the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act in 1986, also known as the CFAA, which was Congress reacting to the fear-mongering that came about because of a fictional Hollywood movie, which, according to some reports, suggests that Ronald Reagan thought was actually a true story. Um, the CFAA was supposed to be about making breaking into computers illegal and stopping all this sort of crazy kids hacking into computers and stuff. However, the broad language of the CFAA combined with the fact that the world of computers and the internet today is very, very different than what was around in 1986 means that the law has regularly been abused. Uh, among the problems with the law is the language around accessing a computer without authorization or the really scary one exceeding authorized access with no further explanation as to what that might mean. And what does this mean in practice? Well, we can discuss the various lawsuits in more detail, but uh, a few of the CFAA lawsuits that have shown up over in recent years that have been somewhat troubling have been things like the case against David Nozel, who was an ex-employee of a company and who got sued under the CFAA because some of his former colleagues downloaded some files from the company that they were still employed by with the plan that they might join Nozel uh, in setting up a competing company. Uh, another one is famously the prosecution against Laurie Drew, who was accused of violating the CFAA because she supposedly violated MySpace's terms of service because she set up a fake profile um, of someone who didn't exist. In that case, it was really an attempt by prosecutors to find absolutely anything to go after Drew because she was allegedly involved in using that MySpace profile to upset a young girl who later committed suicide. Uh, the CFAA was used against Aaron Swartz, who was the activist who went into uh, or onto MIT's campus to download journal articles, and which was completely allowed by MIT's license with the journal provider JSTOR. And the very first major CFAA case was against Robert Morris, who was a computer scientist uh, student at Cornell uh, who was trying to demonstrate some security weaknesses with the internet and in the process accidentally took down most of the internet uh, in the early days of the internet and uh, he was then uh, prosecuted and found guilty under the CFAA. In almost all of these cases, the use of the CFAA seemed uh, somewhat excessive and way beyond the scope of what 
most people would think of when we talk about things like malicious hacking and breaking into computers. Instead, it just seemed like a way to pile on charges to go after people that prosecutors just didn't like very much. I recently did an interview with another podcast discussing the CFAA and how it's been used, and one of the questions that came up is, what should the CFAA look like? How should we write a law that goes after malicious hacking without unintended consequences, like we've seen with the current law? So there have been various proposals to improve the CFAA. There have also been various proposals that look like they'll make the CFAA much worse. Uh, But let's start from scratch today with our usual co-hosts, Hirsch Reddy and Dennis Yang. Let's talk about what do we think an anti-hacking law should look like, or even if we need one at all. And so with that, I will start with the lawyer in the bunch, as I often do when we deal with legal questions, and uh, ask Hirsch, what, 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 what's your opinion of the CFAA to start? Well, you put a lot of pressure on me, because <laughs> just because I'm a lawyer doesn't mean I know every nook and cranny of our, of our huge <laughs> legislative base. But um, so the CFAA, like, here's what I think, right? With, first of all, it's a very old law. Yes. In internet terms, right? It's sure. not very old, I guess, in the absolute sense. Sure. You know, like our Copyright Act you know, was first written in the 70s. Right, right? but it's, it's pushing 30 years. And exactly. in, in the computer world, you that's, know. That's eons. Th- right. right. I mean, we, we're in, what, what, is it, what is it now, Dennis? Are we in Web 6.0? What is it? I, I don't know what number we're on. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it, wasn't, way, it wasn't but even, it was Web there, there 0.1. Was, there was, when, no, when there was no Web. There was I no mean, web. when the CFAA there, came about, there was no Web. The there web, was no Internet at all? There was Internet. There was internet. But there was no, no web. web. Oh, there was, right. Right? Exactly. And so, and, and the Web you know, distinct, has, has right? certainly yeah. obviously changed the way we think of computers and the Internet and networking and all of these kinds of things. But there was definitely networked computers. There were absolutely networked computers at the time. But even then, you could argue that the law was, I mean, just the fact that it was really, I mean, very much inspired by the movie War Games. Was it really inspired by It was totally inspired. Not only was it inspired by the movie War Games. Did they cite it? Not only did they cite it, at one of the hearings in Congress to discuss the CFAA, they showed about four minutes of the movie and said, this shows what we're dealing with here. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Uh, Yes, yes. It's it's kind of crazy. And it makes you wonder all sorts of things about Congress and how they legislate and all those kinds of things. Well, you know, you would really hope that Congress today is is much better off than they were then. But I'm sometimes (laughs) looking at what they do. Um, I can tell you that's not not the case. It might even be some of the same guys, by the way, sitting in that body. So, but anyway, to get back to the legislation, like, like, the problem with really old laws is that they don't match the circumstance you're in, right? That's obviously, sure. that's what we were getting at. The problem with this law is that there's, if when you're trying to squeeze present day circumstances into an old law, essentially what happens is they twist and turn the language and they get the kinds of powers they want. Unless those powers are basically explicitly forbidden mm-hmm. or the 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 contortions they have to pull are, are just so outlandish, right, that a judge complains. Generally, uh, U.S. attorneys get their way, sure. right? And that really seems to be the case in, 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 with the CAFAA because, like, I can't remember the name of the subsection, the subsection, but I think it's like 2AC or something like that, right, that they're always using, right? Or is it... Yeah. I, I, yeah. But it, it's basically like there's this huge legislation with, with all these different subsections to it, talking about all kinds of complicated things to do with, um, you know, 
what are you liable for? When is it criminal? If you do all the uh, specific thing with a specific bank and you do, there's like all this very, a yeah. huge amount of specificity. And then there's one little almost throwaway section about, you know, it's a criminal act to access a computer that, you know, uh, that yeah. inter- interferes with like interstate commerce or something like that. Right, right. And there's that one little subsection is the only subsection they use now. Yeah, essentially. Uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the stories, the stories that everybody hears tend to be about but that about subsection. That, that Do you have it in front of you? Um, I'm, sc- you're, I'm skimming you're, okay. through. So, but while you get to the, that, the, the, the so, so my, my my point about it is is basically, I think Aaron Schwartz was uh, the criminal charges against him were based on that. I think um, there yeah. was uh, for. Um, the lady on the MySpace case, right? The bullying case. The I Laurie think. Drew. Yeah, I think it was the same su- subsection. Uh, almost every right. time. Right. It's and it's. I mean, it's. I mean, you have it in the, front of you now. Uh, well, I'm not sure. And and reading through all the different because you know the different sections. Go to two HC or whatever. It's it, it, it's probably two A. Um, yeah, there's like two two A, two. Yeah. Is it two B? It might be two B. So two yeah. B is right uh, a fine or imprisonment for. Not more than five years um, under this subsection, blah blah blah. If the and this is the section, the offense was committed for the purpose of commercial advantage or private financial gain, and that has been broadly interpreted. What is commercial advantage? What is private financial gain? Uh, the uh, the offense was committed in furtherance of any criminal or tortious act in violation of the Constitution or laws of the United States. And uh, the one we were discussing right before this podcast, the value of the information obtained exceeds five thousand um, dollars. And that, you know, how do you determine what is worth five thousand dollars? You know, there's the most recent sort of big CFA case is the Matthew Keys case, and in that case, uh, you know, he's accused of basically giving up his login information. Um, to a content management system for the Tribune company and posting that in an online forum where some people went in, took that, or, well, apparently he told people, take this information and go um, uh, mess stuff up mm-hmm. with not as nice language. And, um, and, and so an element of that was that the U.S. attorney had to prove that the value that the U.S. That, that the, they, they took the information and they basically defaced a single story on the L.A. Times website. The question is, uh, one of the questions is, is was that worth $5,000 in damage? And apparently the original estimate was more like $3,000 and it appears that somebody in the, the Justice Department basically said, hey, can you uh, find some more damage uh, costs? <laughs> and they came back with things where like email, like every email they sent about this uh, was like $200 or something and then they had meetings about how do we, you know, lock down the website and that was worth, you know, X amount and... Um, and then they also like claim that that um, the TV station that that Matthew Keys used to work for had a ratings loss because he did something that wasn't in the indictment at all uh, about like l- messing up the database that they had, and so they they claim like hundreds of thousands of dollars in damage. From that. Basically, anything that you can can lump together, and then the actual criminal punishments. Um, are sort of keyed to how much damage it is. So the the jail sentence that you get is is connected to that, and and the you know the amount of time in jail that people can face can be really huge based on these you know completely made up damages terms. Yeah, I mean, can I can I ask maybe a, stu- a stupid question as that's why you're as here. the non <laughs> non lawyer. <laughs> I'm here to ask stupid questions. Um, so if if we didn't have this this act, this what the CFAA, yeah, and someone were to do this. You know, 
right. were to hack into a computer and cause damage, is wouldn't wouldn't that already be a, a crime? Or isn't there isn't there already like so you that's can't right? Do that? So that's one like, of the questions, right? I mean, so a lot of this and in a lot of these cases, it's usually the CFAA is used to tack on right. charges. And but 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 I like, mean, wh- why is it so important to have a, a specific law that's, that points out using a computer to do bad things is particularly bad when doing bad things is already against the law, or most, some bad things, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. That's a perfectly good question. Yeah, it is. It, 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 <laughs> that's, that's exactly why people think that... See, it wasn't so stupid after all. Well, well, well Dennis, you know, to be perfectly honest, like in the case where they were suing that woman, um, not suing, I'd say bringing criminal charges against that woman who had almost forced that girl to commit... Oh, no, actually, she did force that girl to commit suicide. Well, no, 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 so let's be Allegedly. Allegedly. Nobody forces anyone to commit suicide, right? right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be suicide, This 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 girl committed suicide, and... She was taunted or something. She she pushed her towards suicide. Well, well, that's... All right. Ah, I mean, (laughs) that that can be determined in all the... So, basically, the story is that this woman had a daughter and the daughter was, yeah. was friends with this other girl and as sometimes happens, the, the, the girls had a, a dispute over something and mm-hmm. so as part of this, the girl and her mother and somebody else, a third person, set up a fake MySpace account yeah. pretending to be a boy who befriended the other girl and they became friendly, you know, as, as a fake persona, they were trying to find out if she was like spreading rumors about the other girl. And this went on for, I don't know how long, a few weeks, a few months, I don't remember. But at the end, when they were basically trying to figure out how do we, uh, end this, this relationship with this fake person, which is becoming a lot of work, um, they had the boy, the you know, non-existent boy say to the girl, the world would be a better place if you didn't exist. And then soon after that, she killed herself. And she was, I f- think, 13 years old. And so it's, it's tragic in that, you know, this, the, that's a, a sad story. And, and the fact that, you know, I, I mean, it's horrible no matter what, but the fact that there was an adult involved yeah. in this process seems kind of horrible. And so a lot of people said, you know, something must be done. And, and this woman, Lori Drew, should be punished. But, you know... But what, wasn't she like, you know... Can she be prosecuted for something, something no. along the lines of like manslaughter or no, no something? No. I mean, I how would you do that? Right? I, I mean, have no idea. I'm I mean, so, so there's the, and so people have argued that and people have suggested that, and that's problematic in a different way, right? Because yeah. then you know, if if you charge someone because somebody else commits suicide, that gives. I mean, there's a few, almost a whole unlimited bu- power, whole, whole yeah. mo- a whole bunch of problems, but it gives a tremendous amount of power to but the person committing the, suicide. The, sure. Yeah, but think about that, right? But I mean, at the highest level, that's kind of what that case was saying, wasn't it? I, like, if someone commits suicide, we as a society want so to. So my my point, even yeah, even bring that up was let's not get derailed there, right? Yeah, no, I mean, we are getting we are getting. So off. But but, but yeah. let me. The reason I brought that up was because they sent the reason they contorted the law to yeah. bring that charge on her is because everybody in that state was furious. Yeah. And the U.S. attorney sometimes and sometimes okay. they go off you're on their own. You're allowed to be furious, yeah. Exactly, but but, but they want but, but they but want to get elected. Attorney, they want to become judges. They want to bring charges. You're also supposed yeah. to follow the law, right? Yeah. And yeah. but but that's a problem, right? I yeah. mean, we we do yeah. li- live in a democracy, and there's political considerations, and there's political pressure to bring charges against someone like that, and and to and and like basically society wants them. You know, what's the word? Justice. Catharsis? Is, is that the word? Right. Is you know, the there's word? justice, right? They I mean, justice. Or, or, I mean, or catharsis. Yeah, Either whatever one. it is. Healing. But yeah, they, they, they want to feel, they want to stone somebody, essentially. It's just really, it's like this mob mentality, 
right? So, they want, right. They want and, to see and, that and lady in as much pain as the, the girl's crying mom, basically. Is that the point of justice? I mean, I don't think so, but, but that's... But that's how, I'm just so explaining the, the, the emotional right? And, yeah. and what happened. And so then they go through everything that she did, and they try and find some sort of criminal thing. And the only thing that they could come across was this idea that she had violated yeah. MySpace's terms of service, even though she wasn't even the one who set up the account. So she never even read the terms of service. So it was a question of whether or not she could have even agreed to them in the first place, but that's them, yeah. a, a whole a whole other issue. But but just the fact that that was basically the the only real thing that they could find to go after her. And with. was she found guilty? Uh, well, uh, so originally the jury result partially found her guilty on this, but it was uh, at a misdemeanor level as opposed to a felony level, and then the judge threw it out entirely right. afterwards, basically overruling the jury. So, later. so the vague the vagueness part of it is basically. The, the reason it's problematic is because it's not always going to be the sort of uh, of the responsiveness to sort of the mob mentality or the or, or the popularity of going after a particular person that's going to motivate a U.S. attorney. Sometimes it's just going to be some much more narrow or political motivation or or actually don't even know what the motivation was for going after Aaron Schwartz, for example. Uh, well, that yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's there's a, there are a bunch of potential things there. I mean, he he had. Pissed off the Justice Department uh, a couple of years earlier. So was it just vindictiveness then? Uh, I, there's some indication of that because he had, he, or a couple of years earlier, he had used um, the the Pacer system, which is you know the electronic mm-hmm. filings for for court for federal court cases, um, which is ridiculously expensive. It basically costs you ten cents per page that you download. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many people, including Aaron, who felt that that, and myself, who think that that database should be freely available mm-hmm. to the public for a variety of reasons. Um, and the court system was testing a, a, a pilot program where a few libraries were offering Pacer for free. And Aaron went into the library and installed a program that just started downloading all of Pacer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the FBI like freaked out and went after him for that, and then realized. He hadn't it, done every any, yeah. He, he accessed information that was made public. Yes, <laughs> yes, but he was still investigated by the FBI, and then they eventually dropped it because they couldn't find anything. But there was some sense that the DOJ was kind of gunning for him because they were upset that they couldn't get him on anything for that. And then when this opportunity came up, where he was doing something kind of similar mm-hmm. uh, with with the academic articles and like aha that they they kind of so went after him for that. The what, so here's what you should learn from that, right? If you make vague laws, and most <laughs> laws are vague, and if there's any wiggle room, such vindictiveness is gonna could come back and haunt any private citizen, right? Sure. And and that's and that's the CFAA is is frighteningly broad, right? Yeah. Like well I mean the, the the fact that some courts interpret it to mean that if you you know do not follow either an employer policy on computer usage or a terms of service for anything that you sign up for that basically makes everyone criminals and also on top of that gives any company or any online service the power to make all of their users criminals you know just by putting a clause into the terms exactly. of use i mean and the idea like you know many work uh, computer use policies include things like you're not supposed to do personal stuff on mm-hmm. computers during work time. And yet everyone at some yeah. point... Go, gets on Facebook, does whatever. Goes, Facebook, goes on Amazon, you know, books a flight somewhere, all of these things, right? Yeah. 
and and so all of the you know should you be criminal for for any of those things or people don't should you go to jail for five friggin' years over that shit like, yeah no and, way right and so so there there you know and and thankfully you know a few courts have kind of pushed back on that that really really broad interpretation but not all of them and you know some have been much more open to that that concept I'm basically saying that that you know that equals the exceeds authorized access. Um, uh, prong of of the CFAA and and you know that is is really really problematic. So 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 now let's take a step back and 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 discuss like you know, I mean and you sort of raised this a little bit, but like Dennis, you know, should there be any specific law here for for hacking, or or do we think that existing laws can cover most actual cases? I mean, it, it's I I think you don't need well. Let me think about this. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, so I mean, so let's maybe maybe you know if we focus in and clarify on what do we think is is legitimately look, bad behavior? Well, logging onto someone's server and disrupting their business, defacing something they've created, right? Like something like that. You you probably want it to be punishable, but you want it. You want the penalty to be sort of proportional to what the harm right. was. Right, and there is this this, so. this whole discussion about you know like the basic defacement, sort of the Matthew Keys case example. Like, is that just you know is it graffiti? Is it vandalism? And should it be treated as yeah. such? And or van vandalism is a crime, right? right. And it has yeah, and you can have you know yeah. misdemeanor mm -hmm. and minor penalties and mm -hmm. and you know re reasonable. Uh, punishment for those kinds of things, which can act as a deterrent right. in some cases. I and mean, on, you know, tech online in particular has a little bit different sure. you know, treatment than like, and vandalizing the Apple Store is very different than vandalizing the Apple homepage. Right. Right. Sure. So but the damages would be would be greater, but that's okay because it's a crime already. Right. So. Yeah. So I mean, well, that's a that's a question, right? So, but some people interpret, yeah, you know, interpret it differently, right? I mean, they look at. They don't necessarily think of a web page defacement as, as kind of graffiti or vandalism. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and part of part of it is just because it involves computers. And when something involves computers, then, you know, it's different and scary and, you know, <laughs> war games and we're going to, you know, launch nuclear weapons and stuff. So, I, I mean, but so so let's... let's. I mean, even in the, in the, in the extreme case that someone, hacker, were to hack into the U.S. Army, whatever... Nuclear right. systems and launch nuclear weapons. <laughs> that's would be that would be a crime. <laughs> that would be a crime. Yes, you're launching those nuclear weapons. Like the hacking. <laughs> what hacking wasn't the crime, right? Like well, the, I, I mean, it it becomes. I mean, there are questions. That's the question, there, right? Is right. is that hacking just wandering around a secured system a crime? So, I don't know. Is that well? Here's the thing, right? There's people have tried like interesting legal doctrines to sort of. Uh, to create a, a, a framework around which you could bring charges against someone who just comes onto your server and doesn't do, do any damages, sure. right? Like there's like there's a tort of uh, it's like um, a trespass. It's to, basically to trespassing, right? Yeah, yeah. trespass yeah. to chattels. It doesn't really. It's very difficult though because the traditional way of doing trespass there has to be some actual damages, right? I mean, if you just so I can go wander around your house as long as I well, don't mess anything up, it's well, okay. So the, I, I mean, I, I, don't know. Well, I mean, there's there's breaking and entering yeah, too. Right? It was open. The door was open. Which is yeah, I mean, but separate. see, you, but here's the thing. Yeah. What I'm talking about is the common law, and then various jurisdictions sure. layer other laws on there, right? Yeah. Which 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 are not the common law, uh, and breaking and entering is is actually 
So I mean, is there a breaking and entering? In co- the common or? law, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm just blanking, right? This is this is not my area of law, but I believe there is something about like going. Yeah. S- somebody who's a first year law student would have the perfect <laughs> answer for this. But there's, there's tr- if, if you go into someone's place of residence, there's, yeah. there's probably something there because that's obviously has been felt to be wrong for ages immemorial, right? You can't just break into someone's house. Is it, I just can't. There's a law, right, that says you can't do that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, yes. what I mean is, no, there's obviously a law yes. in America. Is there, is there a traditional the common law? Like, is there, like, in, in the 1200s or 1300s? Is common law, like, written down? This is common law is basically the traditional Anglo-Saxon <laughs> law that almost, that, that. So somewhere, somewhere yeah, is written down, don't. Don't walk into other people's houses. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. so, so generally, the way law works in, in in countries like the United States or England or Canada is you have a bunch of written law, right? Uh, which is like what your legislators write down. Sure. But there's a lot of stuff that just happens, right? That that it feels wrong and needs to be covered by more sort of general rules, like you know. And that's like cases and history and whatever. Well, well, so you the, have, the you common have law co- is common law and case law. Yeah, right. exactly. And the common law is just like these, you know, like there's torts, property, you know. Uh, what else? There's like criminal laws. There's like specific things like a murder is wrong, like, right, you know, trespass. Right. There's like different kinds of things, right? And those those basic like sort of legal principles are pretty much found in every country, all the common yeah. law countries. And yeah. so if, if say we didn't have any laws and you wanted to say, hey, Dennis can't hack into my server, you'd have to look right. into the common law and you find like, okay, tr- there's this concept of not going into another person's property. Well, did you actually physically go in their property yeah. if, if you got in their server? You didn't. Yeah. So that's a problem. And right? it, it becomes tricky too where it's like, you know, what, and again, it gets back to this whole concept of like exceeds authorized access if you're talking about trespass mm. because it's yeah. like, well, I can visit my space, but can I do these things? And, you know, if I'm doing things that I'm not supposed to do on my space, now, is that my fault? Have I trespassed? Or is it the yeah, fault like, of MySpace because they let you do that? And they, you and know. And I typed in a magic word that happened to be your password and it let me right. access this stuff. So it's, it's I mean. And it's not clear that MySpace said don't make fake profiles, did they? I think they did in oh, the terms did. of service. Okay. But, uh, um, but, but, but the problem is it's, it's not a clear cut thing, right? So yeah. there is, and, and there is this question, and some of it just, you know, it comes back to, you know, partly, um, you know, how do we? You know, how do we feel about what? What are what are the real problems here? Because I, and part of this is the more you try and define it, and the more yeah. you try and relate it back to things in the real world, it becomes a little troubling. Because but isn't that what the law is kind of trying to do? It's like, hey, if you do something in this new computer scary world and you cause five five thousand dollars worth of real world damage, that's bad. That's is that uh, what they're right, trying to do. That's the theory. Right? That's right? basically the, well, they're like. There's this magic world, and if you cause damage in the real world, then don't if, do that. If you cause actual damages, I mean, you don't really yeah. need the CFAA. I mean, you, there's 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 other torts, right? I mean, there's you you basically cause damage. So, um, it, it's when there isn't any tangible damage, right? That where they're or they can't prove it, or it's or it's you know insufficient for the level of punishment we want we seek for somebody. That's when they start reaching for these other laws like the CFAA to, to yeah. create a a, a, a a pretext. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes what it is 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 the difference in penalties for those other kinds of laws are very, very minor, and and perhaps that's a good thing, whereas the penalties in the CFAA are fairly massive. Um, And that's that's a part Mm. of the the problem, I think, is that it it basically opens up, you know... There's no levers in it. It's just like, boom, big... Big penalties. Yeah, well, there are. No, that's not entirely true. I mean, there, there, there are sentencing guidelines that, that go along with it, and, and if you're really not causing that much damage, the no, actual no, sentencing. No, what I meant is, is, 
there's 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 levers. In other words, the law leaves the leeway of what punishment is given. Uh, it's not written in the law. It's sure. like it's kind of up to the judge, right? And 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 that's like the, there needs to be something where it's kind of like the the punishment can be liquidated by this amount of damage equal to the damage done, or something like that. Is something where you you can get out of it and yeah, and not get but, sort of victimized I mean, by the system, right? Yeah, I mean, it gets into a whole different discussion in terms of like sentencing guidelines and how they work with with different laws but, and everything like but that. But for example, but I will say in in general, the punishments and the CFAA. Uh, and the damage that people cause uh, do not seem proportional. And, and generally, like, when you're like looking, Aaron Schwartz. zero damages, right? Uh, you know, and maybe he should have been punished a little bit, but it should have been a, a, a fine, right? And then his all the fans of the internet would have kickstarted it for him. <laughs> that would have been that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and there are other things too. I mean. Uh, and uh, you know, and this gets into the specifics of that case where they apparently offered him deals that were were pretty pretty minimal, um, and he didn't want to take it because he didn't want a, f- a felony conviction on his record. Um, and so there there are concerns about that, where it's like you know, uh, effectively you know one of the the arguments that was legitimately made was like Aaron Schwartz was effectively accused of uh, taking too many books out of the library at once. Right now, should you, should that be a felony? You know. It's ridiculous. Right. I mean, should, should, should it be a misdemeanor? Should it be anything? Right? Should you die for that? Wow. I mean, they, they bullied him. That gets back to the question. Can, of, we get, can we get them on that and something? <laughs> there are people who would like to. But, but again, <laughs> right, I mean, and, and frankly, it goes back to the same thing with the Lord Drew case, in, in my opinion, where it's like I find it very, uh, uh, no matter what, like um, I, it's very difficult to to argue that someone's suicide was caused by a specific right. situation because you don't know all of. So the why isn't someone that taking that set, that case then? The same prosecutor that <laughs> because, did the Lori Drew case because because <laughs> right? because the, the prosecutors are not going to go after other prosecutors, right? Why not? That's, no. That sounds like fun. Come on, come on now. Let's be realistic. <laughs> yeah, we live in America. St- stay, in the, stay in the realm <laughs> of reality. Okay, but but so no, no. Again, I'm going back to this question of like, is there is there a CFAA that makes sense. Um, I I think look look it, definitely. I think I think you need to have some very specific laws that R- that, really? that that tackle. No, I think I think I think you need to have laws that tackle what the new world is. Right. That. Um, Why don't we focus on the damages and not on whatever it is? Like, what, and that, yeah, and that's what, what the law is. Yeah. Right. Like there's there's definitely certain things that we feel are wrong. That if there was absolutely none of these tuned laws that just going back to tort law would be very difficult for us to find the redress we that you and I right. as programmers would think is fair. Like, for example, let's say you started up an uh, AWS instance and you're programming some stuff, right? Okay. And then um, I just go in there and I don't do any damage, but I'm just like snooping around and pushing files. I'm, I'm yeah. not really you, changing you somehow, anything. You somehow gain access to it. Yeah, I gain access to it, and it just causes around. you disturbance, right? Like, I'm not done anything, but just the fact that I'm there and I could. Yeah, I don't do my, that. Yeah, exactly. I don't do that. Like, how do you come after me? Like, there's not really any tools if you don't use these, these kind of bad laws. So we need some good laws that give you at least something. But, there, but right? see, where it becomes tricky is think about, it, right? If, if, you know, what if you're I'm doing, not saying it needs to be a big punishment. What if you're doing security research, and as part of that, you figure out a hole in someone's website, and you yeah. enter that website to you know confirm that. What that if I'm doing because like a good law would have an exception that says that if someone cracks into someone's thing, and then reveals the flaw, uh-huh. and and spends the minimal amount of time there, right? 
on the server, then that's then that's legitimate, <laughs> right? There, there's a. I mean, security a, research is kind of an odd one. Yeah, like, it, it is because you're essentially breaking the law. Well, but, because, yeah. like, say, like, let's take that into the real world. Like, if I were doing security research on your house, you wouldn't uh-huh. want me sitting in front of it every night, like, <laughs> trying to get in and be like, no, 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 I haven't gotten in yet. I'm just making sure your locks work. And you're like, <laughs> no, dude, no, no, I'm no. Actually, s- the analogy is you get in and you sit in the living room on the couch. And you're like, don't worry, I didn't take anything. I just want to let you know <laughs> yeah. your, your your locks don't work, and then you leave. Right, and I'm like, I didn't do anything. I told you, your locks don't work. You should get new locks. And you're like, I just put them in. <laughs> like you're showering, and the guy just pulls the curtain. Hey, Dennis, your locks don't work. <laughs> just close the curtain. Right, so that I actually think the security researcher is a little bit of an odd... Well, but to yes, be honest, it's a valuable thing. It is a valuable thing. So how do we make that? So exactly like I said, it's yeah. like the minimal amount and, in, and inform people. If you don't inform people, then I think that, that should be criminal. You need to inform them immediately when you find the flaw. And I, I think <laughs> to find immediately, right? Because I mean, then well, you get no, into but all that's sorts reasonable. Of, what, what's maybe, a reasonable amount of time? <coughs> you know, I mean, actually, like I would a see year is bad. A day probably okay if you miss, but or two fine, days, three or days, fine, right? Like so, like yeah. if if the security researcher really wants to do that work, and it's valuable for them to do it, then they should recognize that they're doing something bad, right? And pay the fine that like you're not Dude, allowed to yeah. you're not allowed to break in, and that's your cost of business, right? That seems like a, a reasonable. Right, like don't hack into people's computers. Yes, but right, when you're talking about fines, you're saying pay the fine as a cost of business. Then you're also disincentivizing security research, which might be actually really valuable in terms of securing everybody else. Depends how right? big the fine is. Though. So yeah, but no matter what, there's going to be a fine. That's a disincentive for doing security yeah. research because you're increasing the cost of doing that. Right? Sure. And yep. w- and what happens well, to the like the thirteen year old kid who happens to be really good at computer security and finds a hole? But and he should say pay whatever the fine well. The is. thing is, the fine you could basically say, "I found a flaw. Do you want to know what it is? If you want to know what it is, waive my fine, and then that's done. Uh, if not, I'll pay the fine. See, and, the fine see, look, and the fine's like I mean, twenty or hundred bucks. I mean, we, we honestly like. Uh, I, I mean, mean, that, I mean that how many that people are gets, true security sketchy. researchers, and how many people are just doing thing, doing kind of yeah, pranky things, yeah. scripts like you know. Sure. Under the guise of, I'm a security researcher. Yeah, no, and, and right. To it, be honest. It, it becomes a very gray area. I don't, what, what, what are you going to I was going to say, a lot of the stuff that the kids do, I don't even think should be criminalized. I feel like if your website is, is that badly secured, right, <laughs> that any jackass I, can get I on. I don't know. That, then then that's, that's on you. I mean, like, you got to take some precautions. Right, and so right? that's, and so that's, I mean, this is a whole different area, right? But there was just a, a, a recent case, um, involving, uh, what was it, Wyndham Hotels, right, where the FTC cracked down on them because their security was horrible and they had, like, stuff, credit cards and stuff stolen from them Mm -hmm. and and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, Wyndham hit back against the FTC originally and basically said, like, "You you can't go after us for that. And it went back and forth, and eventually what the court ruled was basically like, no, like, the security here was so bad that it's, it's negligence by, yeah, yeah, by the did, hotels. Yeah. And so you could, you know, yeah. if, if the situation is, is not going to... And there's some risks there, and I have some concerns about that as well, where it's like, you know, nobody is hack-proof, right? Everybody can be, can be hacked into yep. with, with enough effort. And so you want to be careful, again, about where do you define that line between negligence and... You know, trying your best, but it's just it's not good enough. It's not very good. Negligence and actually just being not that so, good. So you know, it, this isn't like a a a a a, a kind of a judgment that we don't do in other areas, right? That's when, you, true. when you build an automobile, when you build yep. a plane, there's certain industrial standard practices you have to follow, and if you don't do that, 
you get in trouble. And I think we may but, want but, to start but, thinking about some so, things about so, but, but, data but, security so and stuff I, the same and, way. Yeah, and people do. But then let me push back slightly on that, which is that when you do that, you can get locked into to a paradigm that isn't necessarily good. And what if somebody has an idea that doesn't meet best practices or mm. best standards that actually is a much, much better way of securing stuff, and yet they now... Don't have incentive to do that because that's increasing their own liability. You sound like a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just I'm raising. No, these no, issues. I 100 percent agree with you. I 100 percent agree with you, and that's why I always think like you know you know like for example like banking regulations are always about the previous crash you had, sure. not the next crash you have. It's the yep. same kind of thing. Like they're all worried about the situation right now and the way what kind of security standards make sense right now. And by the time they pass the law to deal with the circumstances right now. It'll be 2020, yeah. and by then, it, the circumstances don't mean Yeah, and, and so, so I mean, I think, I think there, there is a potentially more flexible solution to it, which is that you could do it not as in, um, uh, necessarily you have to follow these best practices, but rather you have to have a defensible explanation of what your cybersecurity practices were. Yeah. And, and I, obviously, in most cases, that will probably be to follow some sort of set you know, best practices, but if someone goes a different path and they, they have a reason for it, which they must have had in order to go down that path in the first place, they can present that and, and it can be a so defense against negligence. The general thing about laws goes this way, right? If you write, if, if you want good laws that are very general, that cover, that kind of capture the spirit of what you're going for, then the problem is the predictability of the yes. outcome when you're trying to apply those laws to a particular set of facts. Did Mike Masnick's tech dirt uh, secure their users' information sufficiently? Yes, Here's what the of law course says. we did. The, the <laughs> but the law says something like you have to take right. adequate care yes. or something like that. It's very broad. And then, you know, you, you basically are having this argument, right, in court. Right. Whereas if it's very bright line, a regulatory scheme where it's like, you need to use this MySQL database with a 128 key encryption. Like, if it's very specific, then it's very clear. Right. The lawsuit is clear cut. It's either like, oh, well, you they did, did all these didn't. things. Right. You, you did or you did. So that's a problem. And then you're basically trying to move a slider between those values, right? Right. And, and I can see both arguments. I tend to be like you, though. I tend to like the more general principle based things because then they're, they're less op open to like absolute abuse, like the way, you know, the kind of abuse that Aaron Schwartz fell victim to. But on the other hand, I can also see why companies or, uh, you know, uh, uh, larger entities might want more predictability. It lowers their, their cost of doing business to have a lot of predictability and have very specific bright line things they can do. You know, okay, we know we can buy these databases, hire this consulting company, and have this password scheme, and we're good to go, and then we just don't have to worry about it, right? And it's complicated yep. if it's not like that. Yeah, and and right. I mean, there are pros and cons to both approaches. I, you know, the, the clearly prescribed approach approach where you have to, you know, you have a specific list of things where you have to match all of those things, um, you know, that I think takes away important flexibility and also in a rapidly changing world, you know, the idea that like, oh, you have to have these four security features when somebody comes out with something that, that is much better and but doesn't fit within those categories, that becomes problematic. Um, but at the same time, when you have this world where it's slightly amorphous and um, and it's not clear-cut, then you are increasing the uncertainty and, and risk for some companies. And, and so uh, it, it's, it's tricky. Um, and I know that there are some proposals to reform the CFAA under those kinds of, of things where, you know, it should be focused on, you know, a societal norms of, you know, did what this person do, um, you know, 
uh, uh, violate societal norms. Um, and that, you know, maybe makes sense, but also raises that question of like, well, you know, that leaves it open to a, a pretty broad definition of what are societal norms and, and you know, where, what are people comfortable with? It's, it's also very complicated when you're dealing with something esoteric like programming sure. and, and, and servers and all that kind of stuff and DevOps because it's, it feels very normal to talk about those things in Silicon Valley, but 99% of America doesn't really have an opinion about what should sure. be criminal or not. And um, and you could almost say that the people that know the most um, have, well, actually, maybe that's not the case. <laughs> I was going to say they have the most incentive for it to be very general, but maybe that's not the case. I, I guess there's just as many programmers on the sort of corporate side that want their job to be easy to. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, and this is a problem. And, like, even reforming the CFAA has been, you know, it's been this sort of ongoing battle, and it's a very difficult one, and you have very different viewpoints from very different people, and you have... I want to I mean, know, what is the motivation of the people that don't want it reformed? Is there oh, anybody gosh, out there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you talk to the law enforcement side, the, the Justice Department... Oh, they want um, the broadest they, they want it broad, and they want to ratchet up, because they think, you know, greater penalties will will disincentivize, you know, these evil hackers. And, uh, and, and we, you know, we are, have briefly... Uh, hopefully, I think we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm risking something because we're recording this a few days before we'll put it out. But um, we, I believe, we just avoided um, uh, an amendment for the CFAA that uh, would have expanded penalties for certain activities involving like botnets and uh, and foreign um, hackers. So where again, like. You know, the argument in favor of it is like, well, these are evil people. There's, you know, they're running botnets and therefore we have to ratchet up enforcement and, and ratchet up punishment. And like the, the law enforcement argument for that is like, of course, those are bad people. But the the other side of it is that, you know, this is not this is a law that is often used against people that most people don't think are bad. Yeah. I mean, we should be pretty careful so about, about ratcheting yeah. their success. And then there's the whole element of the CFAA, which we didn't even cover, which is the fact that there's a civil component to it, too, mm. which is it's not entirely a criminal statute. Mm. And there are some very large and powerful tech companies that actually like the fact that the CFAA is the way it is because they're worried about hackers attacking them or they're worrying about employees, you know, taking, you know, information away or, or messing up the computer systems. And so they want to have this uh, legal tool to be able to go after, you know, people trying to hack into their machines or, or employees who are doing nasty stuff on their computers. You know, the interesting point about the law enforcement component to that, you know, sort of the, the law enforcement lobbying to prevent the CFA from being narrowed, is that, like, you, you would think that the law enforcement's motivation would be to just apply the law. Whatever the law <laughs> is, you just, you just apply it, right? Oh, and you do... Gosh, yes. But it, it, it's, it's clearly, like, for example, when you look at the way... Um, uh, the DEA goes after, for example, uh, marijuana dispensaries. <laughs> Even though the people of the state don't want it, right. Obama's not pushing for it. Like, right. Who's asking you to do this? It's just their own bureaucratic <laughs> momentum of the DEA just like, yes. we, we, we well, want to get yeah. drug dispensaries. Like, who's asking you to do that? Like, go do something else. Yeah. Like, well, and if you don't have another yeah. mission, maybe you need to be fired. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is, you're, you're opening up an entire... Yeah, kind of worse, but, 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 but my point here is like, look, it, they have plenty of things to do without sure. running after this, some random kid CFA stuff. And yes. the really bad guys, yeah. the botnet guys, 
I'm, there's other laws you can go after them yes. with, right? There's not only the CFAA. And um, although now that I've said that, I'm trying to think, what would you apply to? If someone's using a botnet and attack and bring, yeah, actually bringing down people's servers. I mean, that's actual, there's actual torts there, right? Like you're, you're you're bringing people's You're the websites lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't know enough about this stuff. I should have prepared my... But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you need the CFAA for that. And actually, you're not hacking any... You're not hacking yeah. the target server when you do a distributed denial of service. You're, you're, you've hacked a whole bunch of other computers which might not even be in the United States and you're making requests to the server. So yeah. it's kind of complicated. There. Yeah, I mean, there are all sorts of issues here. And I, I think the the conclusion that we're coming to is that we have not written the great new American anti-hacking law. Um, and it's, it, there, there are some challenges, but the current law is clearly screwed up. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> obvious. Anyone, did you expect us to say no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, next time. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's yeah. an interesting thought process in terms of thinking yeah. about how, you know, what are the issues here and, and how would you go through them? And, and so it's an interesting yeah. discussion. And we... And, and will next episode, should we come prepared with a new CFAA? <laughs> like <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit it and we'll... Yeah, I'm scared to think of what would happen if I gave you the homework to write your own CFA. Yeah. Hey, but is somebody working on that? Like in terms yes. of like like the EFF or something like that? Yes, like, yeah, yeah. You know. So the EFF has a proposal. There, there are a couple other proposals. There have been a couple proposals raised in, in Congress, including one called Aaron's Law, which is named mm -hmm. after Aaron Swartz. There's... Um, uh, Do they have any traction at all? Not really. Not even Aaron's law with no, that name no, on it. No, uh, uh, I mean because you have lots of people who actually mm -hmm. think Aaron, you know, should have been prosecuted. So uh, it's it's tricky at this point. There's there's not much, you know. I mean, unfortunately, it seemed like the only momentum was for this this recent attempt to to amend the CFAA in in a bad direction. Um, and so and and the FBI and the DOJ have been pushing for for some pretty bad additions to the CFAA. So. Uh, you know, there's there's some tension there, and it's a little bit scary, and, and we'll we'll see what happens. But hopefully, um, some people will come to their senses and realize that that it needs to to be fixed. But w we've gone like I think way over our normal amount of time, and so we're gonna we're gonna shut this one down. And uh, but Hirsch, if you're volunteering to write your own yeah. uh, uh, updated you CFAA, <laughs> uh, feel free to bring it back next week, and, and we can discuss it then. Never but, but piss <laughs> off federal agents. <laughs> but never, never. <laughs> until, <laughs> until I'll write one. You yeah. can write one. Uh, until then, uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been the Techter Podcast once again. Thanks, guys. Someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech.